0: Welcome to the Catholic Connect Podcast. I'm your host, David Scubin. This is a podcast for all Catholics and people of goodwill who strive to live in the world, but not be of the world. First and foremost, we need to be disciples of Jesus ourselves, and then we go forth and make disciples of all nations, just as our Lord commanded. Through a series of timely topics and great guests, we will take that long and narrow journey to heaven together, encouraging each other in faith and virtue along the way. So let's get started. Praise be Jesus Christ now and forever. I'm so blessed and honored to have uh, not one, not two, but three. I almost sound like LeBron James, don't I? In uh, this infamous uh, move to uh, to Miami. So we got three guests on our program today. and uh, Reaching out to Catholics in Texas and Beyond Borders through their YouTube channel, we want to welcome Tony the Theologian, Chris the Entrepreneur, and Joe the Farmer. They're from the Lone Star State, and they are our brothers in Christ, and they're known as Rome Boys gentlemen welcome to the great white north and the Catholic connect podcast how are you guys doing
1: thanks so much it's
2: awesome great.
0: yeah
1: howdy yeah. thank you very much <laughs> I
0: love that yeah well we talked about weather a little bit offline here guys but um, so as I'm recording this here it's February and it's it's minus 30 Celsius and I think that's about I think Celsius oh and Fahrenheit goodness. are about the same so um give could you Ooh. give us some hope that there's a place in the world that's warmer than Alberta <laughs>
2: Yeah, so we're like,
3: oh. I don't know when it's been this cold here yeah. in Texas. And we're I like, know,
1: we're, we might hit zero, maybe.
2: Yeah, I <laughs> think, you know,
3: we're estimating zero here. Yeah. And that's
1: happened never. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is yeah. the first time I, that's happened in like but, 20, 30 years that we've actually hit in the freeze, don't get above freezing for more than a week. But
2: in a week, it's supposed to be up to 60. So, yeah. Right.
3: <laughs> so you've got a Denver guy here, so he knows yeah, snow, I and know. you got a farmer here who knows the weather. And yeah. i'm just like man it's cold
0: <laughs> <laughs> bring a jacket right yeah no there was yeah uh, exactly one of uh, uh, a colleague of mine several years ago he had a, a job down in dallas and they told him you know what bring your snow shovel and he's like why it never snows down there he's like if it snows you're going to be really happy you brought a snow shovel so <laughs> so he was there for for a few years and i said i think it was the third or fourth year they had snow and it wasn't like a lot that we'd see in alberta or something like that but it was several inches right so he had a snow shovel and there's another one of his friends that had a snow shovel too. And they said, you know what, just go door to door and start shoveling people's sidewalks. Because people, you know, just they don't see a lot of snow, right? Just get them out, right? So that's what they did. He couldn't go to work, right? Because they just said, stay home. So they went, I, and I think he said he made about, like, 1500 bucks U.S. They just worked all day. So, wow. yeah, just people like, yes, That's take awesome. my money, get me out of here, right? So, <laughs> I get to stay story. warm inside. Yeah, exactly.
3: Yeah, he <laughs> yeah. got to get warm for free and got right. paid
1: for it. My mom has some cousins in Ohio, and they'll come down here during the wintertime, and we'll all be bundled up in coats and they're like you weenies it's only 40 (laughs) degrees what are y'all crying about but then they'll come down here in the summer when it's 105 and they're like it's so hot yeah
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's funny how you get acclimatized to that you know even up here in in Alberta we get minus 30 for you know a couple weeks and then it's like minus five or you know closer to zero and uh and people you know they they have just the t-shirts or this light sweatshirts it's amazing like it's, <laughs> it's a heat, yeah, it's a heat yeah. wave
2: yeah and we've kind of experienced
0: that when we went to hawaii with our family a few years ago and uh, we were there for a couple of weeks and it was obviously a great place to go but uh you know it was like plus 26 plus 27 and at the end it was like "Well, oh, it's getting a little chilly when the start the rain started falling so it's funny how our bodies uh react to different types of weather and it's ups and downs of hot and cold right so
3: yeah I'm, and some people might be thinking like these guys you know we're just talking about the weather but there's a great uh bit of green space between Canada and Texas so just to be clear we're we're crossing the uh the Tiber here that's right absolutely
0: (laughs) that's right oh I'd love to visit Texas one day guys it's uh sounds like a great place to be so
2: come on down bring it (laughs) absolutely
0: so guys uh, you you got the this uh this YouTube channel which is outstanding and that's kind of how we connected a few months ago and uh it was really neat to, to see what you guys are up to there so um boy uh Being a a Catholic in today's world, especially a a Catholic gentleman, not easy, Um, but I definitely want to hear from each of you just even briefly, just kind of giving us that moment of metanoia where you're just like, you know what, got to make this Catholic faith my own and got to make it real for myself and for my family and, and just for the others around me.
2: Well, I went to Catholic grade school and Catholic high school, and uh, it wasn't necessarily moments of metanoia, that's for sure. Uh, You know, they did their best. You know, I mean, the religion teachers did, but I really didn't fall in love with Christ, and that wasn't even the emphasis. I don't even think that uh, I was ever told the the real presence of Jesus in the Eucharist was (laughs) even—I would think that would be like a no-brainer, you know, second grade on, but I wasn't even, even told that. And um, so it was crazy. Uh, I was blessed to be able to go to World Youth Day in 1993 with John Paul II. And for, for that moment, the seed was planted. That was the moment to where God started to work. But I wasn't necessarily open to it. You know, middle schooler, into video games, girls, all that kind of stuff. wasn't on my radar. And then uh, in high school, I was invited to go on a mission trip uh, to South Dakota. And again, I was against it. I was into Girlfriend job, money, video games, last thing I wanted to do. But I agreed to it and I said, yes. And I think that was because I was confirmed. I think the Holy Spirit really just like said, no, you're going. And I I said, yes. And so I got to that mission trip, didn't say a word the whole time. I grew up in Colorado. We drove to South Dakota, long trip, didn't say anything, totally stubborn and against being there. And next thing I know, I'm singing in front of 500 people because someone asked me, do you want to sing praise songs with everybody? And I said, yes. And I was just like jamming out and like totally praising the Lord and singing uh, his songs. And at that moment, I think I really came to Christ. It was like, okay, Jesus is real and I can have a relationship with him and I need to love him. We'll zoom ahead to college and I'm one of five Catholics and I go to a Protestant Christian school and I'm looking for more. They're always asking me these questions. "Do Catholics worship Mary? You know, all these are giving me those chick publication things that are like totally anti-Catholic and stuff. And I did a summer of totus to which is an awesome program here in the States and spread all over where it's Catholic vacation, Bible school, super solid. And again, I mentioned the Eucharist earlier. I was in this room and all the teachers were adoring the Lord in the monstrance in adoration. And I looked at them, and I really wasn't even looking at the Eucharist. And I'm like, dude, these people actually believe that that's the Son of God, that that's really Jesus Christ. And I said, okay. And, uh, and later on, it just hit me. It must be real. And from there on out, I've been teaching and spreading the faith and, and the connection there of having the relationship with Jesus and loving the Catholic faith. It's almost like, for me in any way, there's a double conversion. Coming to know Christ, coming to know his church, and the seed be planted with John Paul II.
0: That's yeah. outstanding. You know, and, and sometimes, sometimes I know that I went to a, a Protestant, uh, a private Protestant uh, school, and I was uh, very young, like uh, up to grade five. And I was really thankful for, and I know that there are separated brothers and sisters, but I was really grateful for mm-hmm. their love of Scripture and, and memorizing Scripture. Amen. And even to today, sure. they, they made us memorize all the books of the Bible. Now, it was the nice. Protestant Bible, so I had to memorize a yeah, few yeah, extras yeah. after. But, sure. but the seed was planted to memorize and even some of the, even just when I refer to scripture today, I know exactly where, you know, the book of James is versus say where the gospels sure. are or where the, where Deuteronomy is, right? Yeah. Because I memorized it when I was six years old. So, um, yeah, and then as cool. I, I grew up similar to you, Tony, you know, I was challenged a lot by other Protestants and it was actually good because it made me go and look in the Bible, look, read the catechism. Mm-hmm. Chris, Joe, uh, Joe how yeah. about you guys? What's uh, what's your what's your little story, Metanoia? Metanoia well, story. It hadn't story. happened yet. It, right. hadn't so, happened it, yet. Work, it hadn't happened yet. work <laughs> in progress. Right? Whip. Yeah, I'm a work in progress. Most of
1: my life i have been a work in progress. I grew up. Uh, I'm a fifth generation farmer, nice. and I kind of grew up in a Catholic family, cradle Catholic. You know, um, and uh, Catholicism was always kind of front and center in our in our family. Um, I had some members of my family uh my great uncles two of them were priests one of them was a bishop and a great aunt who was a, a nun and so it was it was always there but I was one of those that kind of just took it for granted you know that was just it was there my family's faith it wasn't really mine uh, until I had a family of my own and once it was they were going to a we were homeschoolers we're we still are and uh, they were going to a non-denominational group uh, during the week, and uh, at one point they were touring this little museum. And at that museum, there was a biography of Martin Luther, and they had him all, you know, portrayed as this great hero who saved Christianity from, you know, the evil Catholic Church. And I remember reading it and going, I don't know anything about this, but something tells me it's wrong. And so it really was kind of a cliche here burn my saddle that just i had to do something about it and uh what it was is i just cracked that door open just a little bit and, and god kicked it in and uh he came through and what it was is using my pride against me he was like because i just remember going are they teaching my children this it's like no way they can't be i don't know if it's true but they can't be teaching my children this. so you know i got to do something about it and i wasn't much of the studious person growing up and uh so i found myself reading more about it and just jumping in way over my head, not knowing where to start Hmm. and uh, just uh, freaked my wife out. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm reading. She goes, yeah, but it's not Dr. Seuss. (laughs) (laughs) Cause up until this point in my marriage, that's all I ever read was Dr. Seuss. And sometimes it was to the girls. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, anyway, so from there, it just kind of, it was just dominoes falling. I was just learning more. And she had grown up a Baptist. And as I was, having my reversion or conversion whatever you want to call it you know she was kind of she had questions and uh we got pretty pretty heated arguments every once in a while and she would come up with a question i'm like i have no idea what you're talking about i'll go look it up and you know and just it just kind of fell from there Our the scales fell from our eyes and we just kind of just fell in love with it and fell in love with jesus that way and uh just she's a better catholic than i am now so i mean she's
0: our prayer warrior in the house that's 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 beautiful i I love that you know that's uh it's interesting you said joe even just um if you don't know the answer to something you know i think a lot of guys you talk about pride right oh pride that man that is it is really the worst i mean that's that's how we're in this issue of the sin problem in the world because lucifer had pride so of course that he's coming for us with pride right and um something as simple as you know just admitting that we're wrong i know it's it's the old joke about guys not wanting to ask for directions right well you know we yeah. don't have all the answers you know and, and the Catholic Catholicism is so rich you know and I know you guys love the Catechism and scripture there's a lot in there though right and um it's intimidating absolutely there's there's a lot to our faith right it's not as as simple as you know you know memorizing a few verses and saying okay you know here's here's 10 verses that are against what Catholics believe or, or kind of support a Protestant worldview or another worldview uh, how do you Catholics feel about that? And you're like, oh boy, like that's uh, there's a lot to unpack there, right? So uh, I think admitting that we just don't know, right, Joe? Like you said, and and just going and, and looking for the facts. We know it's there. We just got to go get it, right? And and admitting that we don't know, but always getting back to the to the folks that ask us, you know, like Saint Paul says to to give an account of our faith and and but to do it with charity, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. I think one of the biggest obstacles I think was when people don't know is where to look. I mean, mm-hmm. sure we can go to the Bible. That's hard sometimes, but that doesn't give us the answers to everything. Uh, so then we go to the catechism or where if you know that there is a catechism, mm. I mean, back in my early years, I didn't know there was a catechism. I mean, yeah. didn't know where to look. And now we have all these resources, you know, podcasts, videos, websites of Catholic Answers. Yeah. You know, we've got wealth of just resources that we can dive into it. I like to tell people in RCIA: pick a subject that is that interests you. Whether it be history or math or whatever it is, find that subject in the church, and you're gonna find a wealth of knowledge, and it'll just dominoes mm-hmm. will fall. Mm-hmm.
3: You'll just keep yeah. falling
0: in. Absolutely, that's yeah, it's true. Yeah, it's great. Cool. How about yourself, man? What what's uh, what was that metanoia moment for for you, Chris?
3: Yeah, I appreciate the question. It's uh, always a tough answer, and I you know it's uh, we've been interviewed and people have asked, and I always find like new new aspects of it come to mind. And I want to share this part and this part, but um, uh, just on the radio the other day, I felt like I did a decent job of of sharing it. So I kind of repeat that story, which is um, that, you know, I was not even Protestant, non-denominational. My family wasn't raised, uh, didn't raise me in a Christian home. Um, I was a nomad all over the place. Didn't meet my dad until I was in my early 20s. Didn't know who he was. My mom was a bit confused by that as well. Uh, you know, we're recording here in February. My birthday is tomorrow on Valentine's Day. I mentioned that because my uh, my mother's dad died when he was 39. So I'll be 39 tomorrow. And I'm like, man, if I just get past that. So, you know, um, I say all that just saying that there there was a lot of a lot of challenges, uh, a lot of uncertainty, and uh, I had some friends, I uh, still do, that are Christian people, good families, uh, taught me who Jesus is, and, uh, and so those things started to just make me stand out a little bit and, and, and feel a little compartmentalized for my family, and on April 20th, 1992, I was at um, a Baptist church in East Texas and definitely felt the call, uh, as a matter of fact, it was, uh, my dad's neighbor who, uh, invited us to church that night. I didn't know he was my dad's neighbor. Again, this was, I was 10 years old. Uh, but he actually gave me my first Bible, I lived right next door to my biological father. Uh, and, uh, I walked down to the front of the church and I gave my life to Jesus. And I remember it like it was yesterday as a 10 year old boy, I was sobbing and it was that moment that I just knew something was different in my life. And, um, so I was connected to a friend and, uh, went to church on Sundays with them, uh, at Baptist churches. And, uh, then there was this point in my life where I met my dad and they're Episcopalian. And so I had my first taste of a traditional service and, uh, went to a, um, like a Christmas time service for a friend who had passed away in Iraq in the war. He's in the U S army. And, uh, that night I went home to my grandparents, um, after that service and my grandfather has a book on the shelf titled 20,000 denominations. Don't know what led me to that book. I pulled it off the shelf that night and I opened it up. Half the book was the first chapter and it was Roman Catholicism. The other 19,999 denominations were represented in the other pages, and the history drew me in so much, and um, I I was going to college, lived in um, College Station, Texas, home of Texas A&M University, and uh, that's where I met my wife, who's cradle Catholic, and uh, just got to know her and uh, wanted to become a good Christian friend. Uh, I went into a non-denominational Christian bookstore, picked up a book titled Becoming Friends, uh, I started reading it and was compelled by the the literature, turned to the back of the book eventually, and saw St. Thomas Aquinas, and went to a philosophy of religion class uh, at a non-denominational um, secular school, and my professor stood up and said, you're going to be learning about uh, great leaders and philosophers like St. Thomas Aquinas. Then my, my now wife asked me to go to church with her, so I said, yeah, sure we show up at St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic church and I'm just like, okay, who's this guy? (laughs) So then I had the sacramental grand slam, uh, at St. Thomas Aquinas Catholic church and, uh, you know, conditional baptism because we didn't have my records, uh, from the, you know, the first church, uh, the Baptist church. And then, uh, you know, came into the church there, RCIA confirmation and Eucharist and marriage. And it was just awesome. So here I am, uh, trying to help others see what i see that's mm. outstanding
0: it's not it interesting how saints pick us sometimes it's it, it kind of yeah. goes beyond <laughs> yeah. you know coincidental and i you know the longer and i'm sure you, like, you guys are probably agree with this too as you get older you realize there's when it comes to the spiritual life there are very few coincidences it's, oh, it's gosh, very it like just yeah like there's people get put in your path for a reason sometimes right and so yeah. because now that you're a, a convert and uh, yeah the grand slam i love when you say that i mean that's uh it's amazing and you, you can basically c- come to that point of your life and get that baptism get all the sacraments and everything you know for us cradle catholics guys you know it's just, it's kind of like you look at people that entered the church that way and you're like get a little bit jealous because all that temporal sin's <laughs> right. gone right like it's just yeah. like a new person in jesus christ which is beautiful that's why I, I really like going to Easter Vigil mass uh, or the service of, of Easter Vigil because uh, to see people come into the church that way and to to recognize that they're getting this gift and sometimes they don't even know how amazing it is cuz you know just they just don't know cuz they're just so new right but if you're a catholic that's yeah. uh, that's catechized and knows and understands you I I can't help but feel a little bit a little bit jealous for sure
3: <laughs> Oh yeah hey oh, yeah. I will say what was cool um, and it's you know February it's winter But uh, when I came into the church, that Easter was the earliest Easter uh, on record, and I don't know how many years before. So I'm like, yeah, the church hurried up and came and brought me in, you know, (laughs) like the church came to me. And well,
1: (laughs) yeah, and in
3: Central Texas, it doesn't snow, it snowed like the Dickens that day when I came into the church. Mm
0: -hmm. So that would have been the day to have the snow shovel. (laughs) Watch out, world. (laughs) Say that again? That would have been the day to have the snow shovel, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you <laughs> yeah. go. no that's awesome so good so so now you guys are are doing this um this youtube channel and uh and uh w- what motivated you guys oh, maybe actually i should go maybe a step before that how did the three of you meet because you're here in front of us right now but the three of you are uh, there must have been a story behind meeting as well right
3: yeah so tony and i are, we're brother-in-laws okay. so okay, um uh, Yep, our I mean, in laws had
0: like a half a mile away
2: from each other. Our families yeah. do. <laughs> we can see each other across
3: the fields. Uh, it's like,
1: oh, Tony's gonna have to go to confession. I see him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Too close.
3: <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's great. Our kids can ride their bikes to each other's houses, and so um, and then we all teach RCIA, we have a cluster parish, uh, a cluster of parishes here. So we have one priest that says mass at and uh, the sacraments at three of our parishes here. Um, two of which, I mean, we have like, there's like 300 people in our little town and uh, often, gosh, often O-L-F-E-N, often Texas, there might be, yeah, 25, 50, maybe 75 (laughs) people in this town, but you can see two vibrant Catholic churches Mm -hmm. uh, out in the middle of, The most beautiful churches in our diocese. Oh, they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, but we all teach RCIA together. So we come together as a cluster and uh, all our kids homeschool together. Yeah. Uh,
1: My wife started a homeschool group here in our home and all these kids, we have about 30 kids running around once Mm -hmm. a week or twice a week, once a week. Anyway, so yeah, there's, it's how we met was kind of through their wives. Mm. Their families were originally from here. Uh, Their grandfather uh, goes to st boniface where i go and uh every christmas these guys would show up <laughs> and every christmas they'd have one extra kit <laughs> every year So like okay who are these guys you know they're crazy huh yeah and uh so then when they finally moved here you know we've known of each other but yeah when, we, when they finally moved to this area uh we just kind of started getting to know each other because we had a lot a lot in common you know, RCA, CCD, homeschooling.
2: And Axe. Uh, You're really axe. involved with Axe and there, yeah, going on that. Axe Retreats. Axe Retreats. Mm-hmm. Are those up in no, Canada, Axe people Retreats?
0: People what, what is that? What is yeah. Axe Retreats?
2: The great evangelization uh, weekend starts on a Thursday night and goes through Sunday. And there's one for teens, one for men, and one for women. So Joe's been doing that for how many years?
1: Oh, gosh. <laughs> I went on mine and, God. Yeah, I don't remember <laughs> out, out here it's <laughs> that like, long it's a catholic
3: <laughs> yeah it's a catholic rite of passage almost out here so yeah, yeah, uh, it, is.
1: it stands for adoration uh, community theology and service and uh, it's just like i said you know the catechism is all that head knowledge what it focuses on that weekend is your heart knowledge you mm-hmm. know working on that relationship with jesus and god and trying to bring it like-minded for the men anyway like-minded yeah. men together to kind of break the walls down to like all right boys it's time to step up and be leaders our father-in-law says it's
3: like a fishing trip without the beer there you go <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. so um no it's it's an amazing it's, experience it's led yeah. a lot of people
2: to christ yeah, yeah it's a great great thing
0: that sounds that sounds like, really good yeah i mean uh we've got so, stuff like that in canada i'm not sure so this is specific to like men and then women and then i guess young adults or teens like you're saying so mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah, right. well you know what and i at the end of the day, we got to change our hearts, right, guys? I mean, uh, you know, if without yeah. love, yeah. What, what can we do, right? And um, right. we can yeah. do a lot of things as robots hey. and automatic, but if we don't have love in our hearts for Christ and for others, it's uh, all for naught, right?
3: Absolutely. Right. Hey, we answered your question te- technically. I want to get to kind of a little bit of the heart of it, if I can extend our answer. Um, so... You know, we, we sit around and talk. I mean, I don't know if you asked for the impetus of Rome boys, but how do we come together? You know, we sit around and talk about our faith. We talk about being dads, um, about being husbands. And sometimes we're a little funny, we think.
2: Uh,
3: (laughs) and, uh, you know, we cut up, but it's always good, wholesome conversation. And we think like, you know, I, I think other people would love to join in on this conversation. Mm -hmm. And so, um, well, Tony's teaching the religion class to the homeschool group. And I'm like, why can't I put a camera in front of you, Tony? And we can share this with the world. You know, I think people would enjoy this. Mm -hmm. And we said the same thing about RCIA. And then just sitting on Joe's back porch, you know, having a conversation, getting good laughs. And, uh, we said, why don't we just set up a camera? Well, one day we did. And, um, we recorded a show and we're like, what are we going to talk about? Oh, gosh, we clammed up and we said, let's just talk about Jesus. And that episode has never aired.
1: <laughs> it's in the archives. Yeah. Yeah. It's in
3: the vault. It might <laughs> yeah. not ever come out? But the technicals, the technicals were a little rough. Oh, oh um, boy, it was bad. <laughs> conversation was good. So, uh-huh. um, And we started right around... Uh, March
2: 25th, the Feast of the Annunciation, is when we launched you know, through social media. So we, we love Our Lady, and she's been leading us, and yeah. obviously Christ and the Holy Spirit. But it's fun to be doing what the Holy Spirit wants you to do, because you have no idea what the future brings. And here we go. And so every day is an adventure. It's been fun to be with these guys.
1: Well, I think, too, we were looking to do something more. Yeah. You know, we were all already doing RCA and being Individual. And individually. Yeah. But we wanted to do something together. And one of our deacons in the dio- in the cluster was wanting us to try to put together some kind of theology on tap or something that we could get our age group together to engage their faith. And with our age group, the problem is is most people are just running around chasing their kids all the time. So you know, nailing down a specific time for people to get together was almost impossible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, almost impossible. So we this whole video thing. And I told you, he's mentioned this before, where once we have this, you know, we teach a class, you get that knowledge, you hand it out to somebody, whether they retain it or not, we don't know, mm. but then it's gone
2: mm.
1: with a video. It's always going to be there yeah. or with a podcast, such as what you're doing. You know, that's always going to be there for people to come back to. And I, I get excited that, you know, if something were to happen to me, my kids would have this mm. to
3: look yeah, back on. That's great. The legacy it's neat of for right? us. Right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And for
2: us it was it's such a beautiful thing to put all of our gifts together and make it a one concerted effort and mission together because these guys are doing things I don't have the gifts for and and so yeah. we complement one another very well so it's it's been a blessing.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And that's why I, I like your guys platform so much and the way it's you're sitting around a table there right? You got your the Bible, yeah. you got the catechism and, and you got your coffee and And you guys are just chatting. And Jesus bobbleheads here too? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You know, and you've got, you know, even just uh, looking at the statue of Our Lady behind you, um, that uh, a lot of that imagery has been lost on our church, right? But, you know, getting back to to men, and, and that's, I think that's a major problem, guys. A major issue is that men, I think, well, I think men and women today feel very isolated in the church. They feel like we're battling alone and that's what the devil tries to do to us he tries to isolate us right and that's how we fall into sin is when we're when we do feel like we're alone and we're by ourselves right and um, when it comes to getting men together uh, what are are some of the fruits that you've seen even just I mean just the three of you getting together but also having that uh, that fraternity of men what's uh, what are some virtues I guess that kind of come out of having a fraternity with men and, and hanging out with other men other Catholic men I, if I don't I
3: always speak up first, but <laughs> I try to ask for permission. Uh, so I will say this, look, we, there's three of us here. There's three families, there's three wives, there's three households, there's three job responsibilities. It's not easy coming together all the time. You know, uh, I've been late and that's, that's tough. I mean, so just it's been natural accountability, uh, for us being together and, this is the truth. Um, I don't know if I've shared this with you guys, but, um, I'm a better man for it. Mm. I don't, I don't want to mess up because I represent something greater. Now that should be true in all of us, right? That we represent Jesus's mission on earth, but just having this physical presence, like, like your, your website says in the world, but not of it. Well, I'm in this Rome boys and, um, and I'm definitely of it too. And, I just, I don't know, guys, I, I feel yeah. like I don't want to be caught drinking and driving, yeah. you know, or something stupid and get in trouble. And then it just crushes Rome boys because it represents Jesus's mission.
2: And as men, we're called to be on mission and have a battle and have a fight. And that gets you up in the morning. It gets you going and gets yeah. you moving. And so it's just like I said before, need to be a part of a mission because a lot of men are lacking that. They want to fight, but they don't know what, what's the cause for yeah. They don't realize we're in a war for souls and the saving souls.
1: Right?
3: I, yeah.
1: I, and we say this a lot you know, you tend to act like the five people you hang around with the mm. most. So if we can keep ourselves together, you know, as a group here, and we've got some other guys that like to hang out with us and go play basketball or do whatever it is with our kids you know, that's, that's a community. That's what Mm -hmm. we're trying to build here is a community of like-minded families. Yeah. And, uh, that builds in the dad is the head, you know, just being the leader of it and, uh, just wanting our kids to see that, especially our boys.
3: Uh, The other fruits too, you asked that question, what fruits come out of it? You know, when you're, um, when, when I understand the mass the most is when I read it to my children before we go that Sunday morning. Um, and, When we are going to do a show and a topic, I am scrambling to make sure that I'm studying and that I understand these topics more because our listeners deserve to hear good content. I mean, you know, we respect them and we respect you for having us on. We want to make sure that what we're providing for you and your audience is fruitful. Um, It makes me a better man. It makes me a better Christian. Uh, I find it irresponsible for us to talk about any of our faith formation subjects or I- anybody that we're going to interview I get to know those people more you know mm-hmm. uh, we just had Teresa Tamio on and I thought oh goodness I hear her all the time on the radio I want to get to know who she is more mm-hmm. it engages us in our faith so I encourage and we always encourage there is no competition for the gospel through social media everybody if if it's in your heart right i mean we got the Canadian canoe right here, the Catholic canoe. Mm-hmm. I mean, doing his thing, and that's, right. uh, that's awesome. It's brought us together. I feel kinship like before we even got on the recording here. Like, gosh, this is awesome.
0: Oh, I, I completely agree with you guys, and that's one of the reasons. I, you know, I've been following you guys for a few months, but I do feel like we could just sit down, and, like I said, have a beverage, have a have a craft beer, and we could just talk like we've known yeah. each other for a long time. I think that's something with
2: that's our motto be real be bold be catholic yeah. so there's the real oh, there right it there it is right
0: <laughs> on a coffee bug that's that's awesome yeah i mean <laughs> I, I like what you said about accountability too there chris and, and for all of you guys i think it's um when, when we're by ourselves and we talked about how you know being by yourselves can lead you into sin too fighting for a cause you know I think that a lot of Catholics, when we're by ourselves and we don't have a fraternity of, of men and other families, and, and that's another nice thing about having children too, right? Just like you guys, uh, children bring adults together in a real beautiful way too, right? When you have amen. lots of kids. But uh, the the wisdom of this world, of this perishing world, we're, we're seeing a lot of our, our brothers and sisters in our, our church are starting to fall to the whims of the world, this, this fleeting world, um, fighting hard for causes that really don't have a lot to do with eternal life um you know i'm just looking at this this whole virus crisis here right now and uh you know it seems that sometimes we're, we're more concerned about it's just like saint charles borromeo says he says you know um fear the plague of the soul versus the contagion of the body right and we've, mm, we've yeah. sort of slipped into that that's just oh. one example right but there's so many examples of these um these causes in the world that if if all we're watching is, you know, CNN in the United States or up here at the CBC, you know, these um, these conglomerate media that just push an agenda and a narrative all the time. If you're not feeding yourself with knowledge, if you're not reading the Bible every day, getting reading the gospel every day with your kids, that's such a, that's a great practical thing that we can do. Uh, And I guess that leads me into my, my next question for, for you guys. And I want to talk about a rule in life, especially for men and being an example to our children what is a rule in life that you have something that you do every day with your kids or even just, even just for yourselves guys, what do you do every day to grow in holiness and in a relationship with Jesus?
2: Well, yeah, personally, I've been praying the rosary ever since I told you before doing totus to it. So the last 20 years, I missed one day and that was the worst day of my 20 years. So oh, wow. I am missing again. <laughs> so the rosary every day, that's first and foremost, I'm up before everybody else. I'm a morning person. I try to do the and and some spontaneous prayers and, and that kind of thing definitely the readings for scripture and if there's a daily mass i'm hopefully there uh, that's at least for me and then later on in our marriage we didn't do it all, all the time we probably should have But we always pray as a family of course before meals but definitely in the evening and every one of our kids including my wife and i we are a leader each night so everybody's got a day of the week that they're the leader and we were really trying to do more of uh lifting each other up and bringing each other's gifts out in mm-hmm. prayer so encouraging others and and then we, and being vulnerable and saying, I need prayer for this, you know, and they hear that for me, like, uh, here's all my weaknesses, guys. You guys need to lift me up in prayer for this. And they're praying for this right now, you know? So yeah. being real in prayer and not just some kind of remote prayer, but really doing that and exposing them to all the the richness of the
3: types of prayers that we have in our church and passing that on to our kids. It's true. And he ain't lying daily mess. And yeah. I, it's awesome. Uh, I know we're busy a lot of times, but Tony's walking proof. Uh, I just want to give him some props there. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is Italian. Fresco, Fresco. Ooh.
0: Daily Rosary. I and mean, that's what our lady asked, right? And, and I know that, yeah. uh, that that's an attempt that we're making as a family. It's not always easy. You, know, you guys know what it's like with yeah, your kids. And right. I know, but I was thinking, you know, it was even before we had kids, I, I just, you got to make that choice, right? As men, we got to make choice. that time. And, and make that choice and uh, it's no different when we have families it, it can be a little more challenging but it's an act of the will too you know it's not always easy yeah. to love our our wives it's not always easy to us to love our kids and vice versa right <laughs> you know it's not yeah, but they make yeah. that choice to love us and i know that's something that uh, that we need to, to focus on with God. and boy uh, tony if you can go to mass every day i know it's not always easy for everybody but i say the challenge if you can go even one time outside of that sunday mass if you can get to an evening or, or a saturday morning we've you know we know that the promises it changes
2: the world really the graces that come from that are, is changing the world so yeah it's that simple and that's what it makes it Thank such
0: you. a it's so hard when we hear so many of our other catholics that can't go to mass you know guys in, in eastern canada right now ontario i think quebec as well like they, they can't even go to mass like there's there's no masses at yeah. all and it's been like that wow. for months and even in europe you guys i was reading about uh you know even real you know uh strong catholic nations even like slovakia that's kind of the Place of my heritage yeah and they haven't gone to mass there for five or six months like it's uh it's insane right so yeah joe chris did you have some other rules of life the similar to what uh tony was sharing with us that you'd like to talk about
3: yeah um for sure so you know it was actually even since axe which uh my first axe retreat wasn't but a, a couple of years a few years ago Um, and I've always wanted to be genuine and real in everything that I do, even hanging out with friends, you know, just being a dad, being at work, um, just being real and, uh, living a good, wholesome life is, and that might seem so generic, but it, I'm always reminded of praying without ceasing. And, and so I really believe in the, in the, the, the Benedictine way, you know, just working and Tony's pointed this out for me. I work a lot, but. I now love what I do, and I'm not grumpy because of it and stressed out, um, and so hearing the calling of God that he has for you in where you are today, you know, it, it's it's not always just in a church, right? It's not always just in those moments of sacramental um, actions and, you know, reconciliation. Those are great, and I can't speak highly enough for those moments, but our life is a continuous prayer, or it should be. So you know we we put together a family uh, a family mission statement, and um, it's to genuinely serve uh to bring joy uh, and so we uh, and li- and to live life fully actually sorry that's the whole thing there but um you know we we come together as a family and we sit down uh, and we talk about we have to give everybody so we've got six daughters, my wife and I, and we have to give two um positive comments about the other person and we got to go all the way around the room even helen she's four months old <laughs> we let her squeak she smiles and she <laughs> smiles all the time but you know it, i i think our children will remember that forever and um and so it really does help lift us up our spirits because you're right the world is a uh sorry i whistled there it sounded like <laughs> through my um uh, but our, our our spirits are uh are lifted and uh, we have that accountability in, within our family, you know, like uh, Pope John Paul II said, the domestic church. Mm-hmm. Um, but and every And even personally, what do you do like right when you wake up in the morning,
2: the first, first thing? This thanks is Chris, Chris-esque.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just, the very first thing, as my eyes open, you know, I, I mentioned earlier, just making it to 39. I'm so thankful for my life. But um, since the beginning of Acts, you know, it just triggered in me to say, thank you, God. I give you this day and everything in it. Uh, and that has changed my life as simple as that little prayer might be. It has absolutely changed my life because I'm going to make mistakes in the day, but Lord, I give them to you anyways, uh, take them from me, you know? Um, and, uh, and that's how I start my, start my day. And I, I just feel like I'm not a good parent, quite honestly, if I don't tuck my kids in because when I do, I hug them, I kiss them. I tell them I love them and I tell them to say their prayers and we say a short prayer. And, um, I think that consistency is King is what I always say.
1: Well, I just uh, try just getting up in the mornings every day is a struggle sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Especially when we're getting older. Yeah. This is getting more and more difficult. It amplifies the more uh, kids you have, right?
0: Sometimes. That's right.
1: That's right. I think just being an example of a godly man, and sometimes that can be difficult. uh, But we try to get up every morning and do this uh, Bible in a year. We started that this year with uh, Father Mike, and we've been doing that every morning. Uh, when we, you know, we've had a couple of rough days where we had to do it in the evenings, but most every morning we're getting up early, everybody and listening to it and reading along with it. It's been great. Uh, I like to, I like it when my kids see me doing the editing for these videos. Uh, they're being that example of showing where my priorities are, you know, they're first. well, God's first and God willing that this, these videos are doing that. Uh, but I just like them knowing they're our biggest fans you know yeah. <laughs> we had an article put out in the angeles so that's our local diocese paper and it had our picture on it and my kids cut it out and they had me signed it <laughs>
3: <laughs> but they didn't ask you or chris and tony well they're they're working on it don't worry about it they're gonna hit y'all up but
1: uh yeah they're, so they're they love it they they want a t-shirt with it on there they want to just run around with that on all the time and but, yeah they're our it biggest all, fans. yeah they Talk love about, what we're doing and uh it shows and how we're in what we're doing and they see what playing.
3: our focus is i i, yeah. I think and uh it, it's a proud moment when your kids are yeah. and you know, it's time
1: consuming it is time consuming so it does take a lot of our time sacrifice to do mm-hmm. this it is a sacrifice mm-hmm. some of that time is taken away from them which i'm trying to do those yeah, the balancing act you know mm-hmm. or whatever but a lot of times you get a spark of creativity yeah. which I don't get much of and I'm like oh I can do this yeah. or oh there's a good movie quote or you know I, <laughs> I, just, oh, I yeah. know exactly
0: what you're saying yeah. guys I mean you know people see you know a, a podcast or a video but they don't realize the the work that goes behind it you know you're Chris yeah. you're mentioning the other research you want to you, you see a lot of people sometimes through the you know, Catholic media and you, you feel like you know them pretty well already, but you still need to research it. And then when you do, uh, apply, I know I've, I've learned, I, I thought it was a lot easier, honestly. And then I started doing it and I realized pretty much for every hour of content that you do, you usually probably put, put about at least four or five hours on top of that just to do other things, right? Whether that's researching or, yeah. or editing or, or even just growing in your own spiritual life. Cause I, I find that when you do something like this, when you put yourself out there, you still need to have that grounding, right? And that's what we're talking about a rule of life. You still need to have a prayer life, right? You still need to tap into the grace of of Jesus and and um, you know to, to think that you can talk about heavy spiritual things and sharing your faith and and not think you're going to get attacked by by the evil one, right? He's always prowling and looking for to ruin souls. So when he sees that uh, you know people are trying to do something, us us gentlemen, something that's you know as humble as as reaching people through, through media and social media, you know, expect that there's going to be a little retaliation coming at you, right? So you, you have to oh, be yeah. Yeah. in a state of grace and, and going to confession, living that sacramental life. And Tony, I'm glad you, you mentioned going to mass. Cause it's, it's, it's such a blessing. It's something that's been taken away from so many of us too. But what, what does that, that sacramental life mean to you? Is what the source and the summit is, is Jesus Christ, of course, and, and receiving communion. But, you know, I think it's lost a lot of people and I was looking really quick one of the uh, posts you had on Twitter from a week or two ago was just uh, basically why you guys are doing what you're doing, and it's got a list of all the things that, you know, uh, for for example, uh, uh, two out of three Catholics don't believe in the real presence of the Eucharist. You know, I got they got that list here right now. I'm looking at it, and uh, yeah. um, but you know, a lot of people they, they never go to confession, guys, ever, ever. I know, yeah. And it's so important when we receive Jesus to discern the body and blood of Christ. Um, you know, that's my my little little catchphrase i guess on our podcast too is to go at least three times a year to confession that's lent and every advent and anytime you're in a state of mortal sin like we don't i think catholics we we can't we can't spend any time in that state ever it's that's the most extreme living that's like jumping out of a perfectly good plane with a parachute right you just it's too dangerous to live that that state so what is that sacramental life the, the the combination of confession living in a state of grace and then receiving jesus through the eucharist
3: Yeah. Let me jump in and just say that we had a good conversation about this. I know Joe and I did. You know, I think quite honestly that uh, this might sound like a challenge to our faith, but look, I think that there's probably too many people that are going and receiving communion that shouldn't be. Not probably. There is. There there is. Yeah. Thanks guys. Uh, They'll
0: know you by your fruits, right, Chris?
3: I guess, you know, I'm a bit hesitant in saying it. Thanks for being bold and support me on that guys. Um, But you know, it's, I don't want to have a plank in my eye right when i'm looking across the aisle here but i I see so many folks just like sheep walking up and receiving it you know their hands in their pockets and not showing reverence to uh the eucharist One
2: bishop just said recently like they think it's just a token that they
1: deserve by attending mass
3: it's
2: just
1: something that i get and got the cheese Mm -hmm. well back in the day the confession line was longer than the communion line. yeah there's
3: a great analogy Good imagery, and I go
2: every two weeks, not because that I'm super holy, but because I'm not. Because I know the person that I am when I don't receive that grace. I've been there, done that, and I don't want to go back. Yeah. So, you know, the line is I'm there first thing on a Saturday afternoon because I know I need it, and my family knows I need it. Yeah.
3: We, you know, uh, in in our conversation, Joe and I were talking about the fact that like, look, I'm standing back, I'm I'm kneeling back in the pew, and the rest of my family is walking up there to the communion line without me. Uh, if I'm not in a proper state of grace with prior sacramental confession. And I know that people know that I'm on the RCIA team uh, as the co-director. And, you know, that's an important role, I think, in the church. Uh, Not that I think I'm so important, but, you know, people notice these things. If we're living out our faith and they're saying, wow, oh, golly, this guy is a Rome boy, too. I mean, people know us locally, at least. And so
1: what's that example? Yeah. It's that mm-hmm. example we're trying to give. Like Tony saying, going every two weeks, you're being an example for your family. We don't want our kids being scared of confession. I think yeah. that's what most people don't go to confession because they're scared to. They don't want somebody to know the dirty laundry.
3: The hardest mm-hmm. moment I ever had in the confessional was not when I told my grave sin. It's when I said that I took the sacrament without prior sacramental confession. My unworthily. heart broke mm-hmm. in that un- unworthily, right? My heart broke when I said that out loud in the confessional. And I knew that in that moment, like, that was the gravest sin I believe I've probably ever committed. Um, for me, I've been a
2: Catholic teacher for many years, and I always want to tell people the truth. I always I want to have classes with my, my kids, and, I, and I'm finding that that teaching necessarily isn't, like, about the content and saying what you got to say. Like, my kids now go to confession every week or two <laughs> and go more often than I do, and I never told them that. You know, right? I'm like, wow. wait a second. It's the example, <laughs> it's the actions and all the blah, 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 words that I say. Yeah, some of that catches, but it's, it's
3: yeah. Matthew witness. talks about genius and Catholicism, right? Like, Matthew Kelly, Matthew mm-hmm. Kelly, mm-hmm. Kelly what'd I say? Mm-hmm.
0: Matthew.
3: Matthew, oh, Matthew. He's, he's my homie, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure I'm
0: Kelly. he talked about that too. Yeah, yeah. Matthew, <laughs> Matthew Kelly, a dynamic Catholic, there's some really good stuff from, from there as well, absolutely. No, that's great, guys. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know what, I think some people just don't recognize that it's a battle, you know, it's a, pope leo i can't remember which pope leo was we said you know we were made for mm-hmm. combat and this is this is a yeah the you know, saint paul says that this is not a sprint this is a, a marathon right this is a long race oh. we're running the race in life and it's not an hour or two hours or a day it's it's an entire life right and i think when it goes to confession to you guys and I told you, i'm like you i you get to that i to that two or three week mark and you can you can feel your soul teetering. I don't know how to tell you yes. guys. Does yes. that make sense to you? Yes. Where you feel like you're being yeah, right. You're weak. Wrong, yeah. To, mm-hmm. to something dark. Right. Absolutely. And uh, mm-hmm. that's what I said. I got to go, you know, and and yeah. that's not. Yeah. It, and for sure. Like you said to me, when I go to confession, I try to go at least once a month, even if it's three weeks, because not because I'm a holy roller, it's because you recognize right. that it's to, to not be in a state of grace is the most extreme kind of living anybody, any Catholic could ever do.
1: What's preventing us from doing that? I mean, when people sit and just robot like get up and go into the communion line, what are they afraid of by not going? I mean if you have a mortal sin on your not soul to confession, right? Yeah. And you don't go to confession and you go up and receive the Eucharist, what does it say in First Corinthians? You're you're, you're yeah. condemning yeah. yourself.
3: Condemnation, yeah.
1: Yeah, on yourself by not going. Why do we not go? Because we're afraid that my wife's gonna say what did you do? Yeah. And, you know, are we afraid that isn't it people true though? In the queues, the people in front of us are going to be like, I wonder how
2: know. many sins that we do. Fear is the first, you know, inclination to stop us from being bold and going out and spreading the gospel or even like the sins. I mean, it's, it's,
0: it's worth. There you go, guys. That's pride, right? There it is again. It's that, that right. Yeah. sin, right? What, what are other people going to think about me? And then, If if it if we think about that and we receive communion unworthily, it's you know the sin compounds, guys. Don't you find that when you make one mistake, man? Oh oh, man, it's like a snowball. (laughs) Uh,
3: Pardon the pun on Canada,
0: but yeah, it's I mean it just keeps rolling downhill and it gets to be really big and then you got some real big issues, right? Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, you start. Matthew Kelly talks about throwing that first piece of trash in the in the back seat, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you know you already got one back there. You might as I mean who who you know I'll clean it up tomorrow. Uh, And you keep throwing that trash back there, and it's like, well, if it's a mess, then who cares? Nobody's gonna. I mean, what's the difference, right?
1: All right, you really gotta stop looking at my truck.
3: <laughs> it's a farm truck, yeah. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of. We yeah, gotta yeah. pack a lot of stuff. But I, I want to make clean. a. I, wa- <laughs> I want to make a point though, Uh, and I'm the word is escaping me. See, Thomas Aquinas, bring it to me. Where you're, you are teetering on, you know, uh, Not concupiscence,
2: but uh, like that.
3: Yeah, where you you think. You have to go to confession like every day. Oh yeah, scrupulosity. scrupulosity, right? We don't want to get caught in that sure, trap either. Sure, that's a trap. Yeah, it's a trap. Mm-hmm. We're yeah, all the pr-
1: devil saying you're not good enough. You're never going to be good enough. Yeah. You're, you're you're trash. You're exactly,
3: be. exactly. You so, belong in the backseat. Uh, you know, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you belong in the. Oh, that's terrible. The trash. Um, so, uh, yeah, the blessings of the Lord have no sorrow attached to them, right? So, um, scrupulosity is it has no place in what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's
0: certainly a stage in our spiritual walk, right? I think we've all encountered scrupulosity at some times, and especially when we're oh, dealing yeah. with some major sins, maybe some repetitive sins that you do over and over again. And you're like, how do I get out of this trap?
3: I asked that question as as a Protestant. Uh, I, I didn't have an answer for it. I didn't have that answer until I found the Catholic faith. And I thought, wow, you gave Peter the keys and the authority and the apostles to forgive sins. You're telling me somebody on earth can help me with this problem. And it's, you know, in persona Christi, the priest is there ready to stand in, you know, in place to help with that, uh, absolution. And so goodness gracious, my first confession, I sat there with father Michael O'Connor. He's from England. Uh, and, uh, wow. Just the greatest experience. It was, I was there over an hour. Um, God bless his soul, <laughs> <laughs> but wow, just the greatest experience.
1: So you can tell that confession is pretty much on the high list of, all of, them, yeah. of our yeah. spiritual life or of our uh, sacramental life. Which
3: means we're sinners. Yes. <laughs> so, I, I mean,
1: I say it's the greatest words on earth.
2: I absolve you from your sins in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's gold. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. like, whew, all right, here yeah. we go. I like <laughs> to say that I have
1: a love-hate relationship with confession. I, I hate going, sure. but I love the way I feel when I come from
0: yeah And that's, yeah, and that's... Uh, that's natural. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Like, man, like you said, there's a fear to go. And it's like, well, you know, it's not supposed to make you feel comfortable going. It's, it's to get you out of your comfort zone, right? That's how we're going to get to have, that's how we're going to achieve holiness, right? When we look at the um, the spiritual life of our of our church right now, we, we look at the the fruits of our church, you know what, and again, I go back to this list that you guys posted on Twitter. And, uh, um, you know, I think it's, it's one of the of the acts of mercy that we can do is to call out people yes we're we're sinners ourselves mm. but maybe there's just not enough of us catholics that are that are calling out those sins and now we've got this mindset for certain folks that you know i didn't kill anyone i mean i'm, I'm a nice person right. you know, nice is yes. one of the worst words yeah. maybe in the world right and mm. i don't need to go right. to confession right so i think we've not a we've been very dismissal of sin in our society and in our church is, does that make sense well uh, jim
3: yeah, yes. it does. A secular book that I, I often reference um, in, in you know to leadership folks that I work with is Jim Collins wrote the book Good to Great, and in there he ultimately says that good is the enemy of great. And God built us for greatness, right? But hey, I'm good. I'm good. Everything's I'm good.
1: good. That's a common phrase a lot. I'm good. Yeah.
3: Why don't we have great churches? Because we have good churches. Uh, you know, why don't we have um, great community? Why don't we have great community? Well, we have good community. So good is in fact the enemy of great it took 25 years of their study to to figure out that uh, the difference in great leadership and good leadership was humility it's not like it's just this incredible thing that only some people can experience but in our humility uh, we can understand that we're built for greatness and know that god loves us Um, and so yeah it's just
1: why do we have mediocre parishes because we've lost the strive for greatness. yeah
3: our yeah.
2: goal with Rome Boys is catechesis and evangelization, so a lot of people don't know that Jesus is present, okay? Uh, they don't know the bare minimums of when we need to go to confession, that kind of thing. But we've lost this, the sense of of sin and hell and all these realities that could be upon us. I, I read a book by St. John Vianney. He's one of my favorite saints. and That man was like, totally mentioned in hell all the time because he cares for people and he loves their soul and he wants them to be saved. So we got to get back to the basics, and that's what Rome Boys is about. Yeah. What did Mother Angelica
1: say? Yeah. I want to scare the hell out of you.
0: Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> that's one strategy in conversion. There's no question about it. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I think I think yeah. guys, the people look at holiness and they, they think that something's going to be taken away from them, that their joy is going to be taken away from them. And I look at the three of you and I see so much joy. You live a sacramental life, and I think that, you know for myself and others too, I think that's that's kind of the job of us us Catholic men. Yeah, maybe in the background we're struggling and maybe it doesn't always feel good to to you know strive for sure. this life of holiness but we need to be cheerful and joyful right because i you know like you said when you run to i uh, walk out of confession you feel so good right and i think that yeah. you know the people outside look at Catholic and say i don't i don't know if i want that because i, I think if i if i try too hard to be holy or if i do go to mass more often i go to confession something's going to be taken away from me but Nothing gets taken away from you. It's just uh, you know that that emptiness yeah. is given oh, so much more, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah. Got him at Man finds himself through a sincere gift of himself. You want to really know yourself? Yeah. Give your life to the church and to yeah. Christ.
3: You know, uh, it's it's kind of sad in that the number one. I'm in healthcare. The number one prescribed drug in America um, is Prozac, and nothing against those you know that have to you know have or prescribe that medication, but it's a telling sign. Uh, and the number one least experienced uh, emotion in the human existence is gratitude, gratefulness. And if we simply know that we exist because of God's salvation, uh, he died for us individually, you got to be thankful, right, mm-hmm. for every day and every breath that you have. So mm-hmm. I think that – and I I just can't tell you how much it moves me personally to for you to say that you recognize joy in us. It's part of our family mission statement, so that mm-hmm. hits home. Um, but it's it's awesome because, to me, it just it shows that we have some sort of gratefulness for uh, for God's uh, choosing for us to take another breath, and uh, that's exciting to me. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I you know people aren't attracted to um, to negativity. Yeah. Grumpy Christians, right? Yeah, <laughs> no saints? rules and mm-hmm. do this right and mm-hmm. don't you know do this and thou shalt not do this and that. I it's, think that's what people
1: have a negative look. Catholicism, because oh, y'all you know, got so many rules. Yeah. I had a guy one time tell me, he said, "You know, isn't it kind of tough because you know all these rules that we have to come up with?" Or you know, is that what God intended? And I said, "No, He didn't intend us for having all these rules. It's just we've screwed up so much that you know, we have to. <laughs> yeah. We had to have the <laughs> rules."
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, to use a sporting analogy too, Joe. I mean, think of football. I mean, I, I love football in Canada. Here, you guys probably like football too. I mean. uh, Imagine if you could run out of bounds and you can keep playing. Would, would football be any fun anymore? I mean, uh, there's no referees on the field. I mean, uh, what makes football fun is that uh, you know you've got you've got the penalty flag, you've got some rules. You can't you know go drill a guy from behind, right? To protect your quarterback. Yeah. Well, When you're
1: looking from when you're looking That's from the awesome. outside in, you know they do look like rules and regulations and all these things that you have to adhere to. But when it's a relationship with someone, they're not rules. There's That's what someone requires of us. And not, I, That requires might not be the right well, word. God gave
3: us free will, did he not? I yeah, mean, my goodness. It's, it's.
1: I mean, think about the relationship you have with your wife. You know the things that are going to tick her off. <laughs> and you know the things that are going to upset her. You know the things that are going to make her happy. Okay, don't you want to strive to do those things? So these rules and these requirements that we have, when you look at them at, from a relationship standpoint, these are something that he wants for us for our own good. Yeah
3: joe's we're going to change his name from joe the farmer to joe the analogist <laughs> he's got some good ones I, I, I love to steal the, the football one yeah that, <laughs> one's, that that makes a lot of sense to my little bitty grains.
0: so oh, that's so good guys I, I i appreciate your your joy and your time i hope that we can uh i was just like a time is flying as it usually does and, and always good conversation with uh with other um, men of faith it always seems to to go really fast but I hope that we can. Uh, I can corner you guys again. I know it's uh, you guys got a lot going on there, but I'd love to to catch up with you and chat about our, our faith again. And uh, yeah, we could use uh, some more Rome boys and Rome girls in this world. So let's uh, yeah. let's keep striving <laughs> for magnanimity and uh, praying for each other and, and nice. journeying together. So thanks for what you guys are doing. I'll I'll make sure I got uh, um, the links to your your uh, your YouTube channel up. And if there's anything else you need to want to share, I'll put them in the show notes as well. So.
2: Thank you. Thank thanks. you for all you're doing, and God bless all
3: your listeners. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. And and we'll say for you guys. I mean, Joe will. I yeah, mean, Tony <laughs> will. <laughs> so good. Yeah, thanks, guys.
0: Really appreciate it. There was this outstanding verse that I discovered just after our conversation with Rome boys. It was from the uh, Book of Romans, chapter 15, verse 13. It says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. I thought that tied in real well with our conversation with Rome Boys because there was so much joy coming from them. Joy in knowing the gospel, learning about the gospel, and then spreading the gospel. And I thought that was such a good lesson for all of us and one of the my favorite parts of the conversation. So I really want to thank Rome Boys for joining us. Chris the Entrepreneur, Joe the Farmer, and Tony the Theologian. And you can find Rome Boys on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and several other social media accounts. And I'll make sure I have those links in the show notes thank you for listening to the podcast everyone a reminder that we're on facebook twitter haven't been censored there yet and hopefully some other social media platforms right away so thanks for all your prayers and support and remember catholics you know that drill how we get to be holy and how we can get that rocket field to get us to heaven go to confession every lent every advent any time you're in a state of mortal sin don't even spend a second of your life there thanks for listening everyone god bless chat to you very soon